Samantha? That's a hickey. Whoa! How'd that get there? Sam, we gotta go. We have to study. Yeah, we have a lot of homework. Oh, I already did mine. Well, then you can do ours. All right, Samantha. I want to know how this happened. Okay, well... See, Todd was kind of kissing my neck, and then... I know how it happened! <laughs> I want to know how you could let this happen. I suppose you think this is cool. Sort of. Oh, that's it. That's it, Samantha. You're grounded. But, Dad, I have a date tonight. Oh, that's what you think. That's what you think. You're never going to see that boy again, or any other cool boys, or popular ones, or even a wannabe. Dad! Go to your room. I'm in my room. Then stay here. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to... Hey, yo. Oh, hey. The Who's the Boss podcast. Hmm. I'm Tori. I'm Kevin. And we are here to rewatch and discuss every single episode of Who's the Boss. I think th- there are a couple... I think there are a couple good AOAs. Tony's very upset in this episode. <laughs> it's all, all sorts of... Yeah, there's of, like, oh, that kind of stuff. Grumbles and yeah. Yeah, moans and... Baby talk. Yeah, he's really upset. Um, okay, so oh, so I do have something exciting to talk about. Um, over the weekend, unrelated to the Who's the Boss podcast, which seems odd. <laughs> I know, it does. We had the opportunity to talk to Judith Light for like an hour and a half on Zoom. Okay, so here's the backstory. Months ago, before the holidays, there was an online auction for a foundation called McDowell. Um, And it is a place in New Hampshire that offers studio residencies for artists. Um, It's very prestigious. People apply. And if they're picked, then they get to spend six to eight weeks, I believe, um, living in these studios and like just being around other artists. So when there isn't COVID, like they spend a lot of time alone, you know, doing their work during the day. And then in the evenings, they get to come together and collaborate and like bounce ideas off each other and show each other their work. So the idea is just that artists will do better if they can, you know, be around other artists and um, away from any other kind of outside um, pressures and influences and stuff. So, and some famous people have come out of it. Leonard Bernstein, Alice Walker, Aaron Copeland, um, Thornton Wilder. So, yeah. So I saw the auction and one of the things was to have a Zoom call with Judith Light and... Uh, Philip Himberg, who is the executive director of McDowell. So I was like, oh, I'll place the opening bid. I mean, I'll probably be outbid, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just I'll give it a shot. Well, I wasn't outbid. <laughs> so then afterwards, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't really take into consideration that I'm not the best in social situations and they completely stress me out. So I, com- I put it out of my mind and then... We, it had been like scheduled for January and I'm like, she's probably going to be busy. It'll get postponed. Well, it wasn't postponed. So it was no. Sunday. Yeah. So I was, um, I, I couldn't put it out of my mind anymore Saturday night. And then I was a bit nervous and Sunday morning I was a bit nervous, but, um, like once we sat down, she was the easiest person to talk to. I know both, both of them. Yes. Are. Philip Himberg, also just a wonderful person. Um, it was just kind of like a conversation, so we didn't frame it at all as like an interview. 
uh, she now knows that, that we have a Who's the Boss podcast, and we did talk about it a bit. Um, mostly mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, how that we had discovered that there were quite a few women writers and married couple writers. Um, she also said that there's a married couple writer who will come in later into the series, and we haven't hit their episodes yet, and they um, created The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so they went on to do great things. Yeah. It's an excellent show. Um so yeah, it was fun, and we just kind of talked about the feminist aspect and how at the time, you know, it wasn't really considered any sort of like groundbreaking show or even being that feminist. But looking back now, you realize that it really is more than they thought at the time. I know that's interesting to me that yeah. people didn't look at it that way. Maybe yeah, at the I mean, time. I guess it was just like it was just a show. Yeah, and just like a silly family show. Like it was kind of wacky that yeah. the man was the home doing the chores and everything. But, right. You know, the <laughs> housekeeper and the woman was. But I mean, yeah, you're right. It didn't really. But I mean, it, even if it wasn't touted for that, it was having its influence because I know like a right. lot of young women probably, and even me, like. I remember seeing Angela Bauer and I remember seeing the mom on Growing Pains and they mm-hmm. were working women. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom was also a working woman though, so that it wasn't that much of a stretch for me. But I feel like there were those um, influences on us in the 80s when we were kids, which was nice. But yeah, so and then she was couldn't have been nicer. Our kids like brought out every pet we own. Yeah, <laughs> that was, was exciting. <laughs> she was very nice humoring them. And then we just kind of had a chat about, you know, the state of the world and what's going on and what may change and what may not change. And yeah, yeah it was fun. It was delightful. So if you've ever heard anything nice about her, it's absolutely yeah, true. Yeah, believe it. Times yeah. 10. <laughs> so nice. Okay. Um, Matter of fact, we were allotted. An hour and 15 minutes, and it went over. Yeah, the guy, Philip was like, I just want to keep everyone on track. They were coming up on time. And she still talked yeah. for like 10 minutes. She's more like, I'm having a great so time. That was kind of fun. I, I don't know what you guys have to do. I mean, if she really didn't want to be there, she could have been like, Yep, hour yeah, and okay. 14 minutes yeah, and 59 seconds. You. See ya. <laughs> I have a phone. Oh, I hear my phone ringing. Exactly. <laughs> no, so nice. And then, okay, so the big question, and, and the one my mom asked me as well No, I did not ask if she will be in the Who's the Boss reboot. We didn't bring up the reboot boo it at all um and i figure whether she is whether she's not she wouldn't have been able to tell tell us two boobs uh doing their podcast so um yeah we'll just hopefully have something official (laughs) to yeah to see at some point definitely a memorable moment yeah it really was um i was stressed out like i had a job interview and then afterwards i was like that was so fun and then the adrenaline dump happened and i took a nap yeah (laughs) I know you were out here. You had the the computer set up, the lights. I came. I woke up and strolled out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's going I, on? I had it set up like we were doing a satellite interview in here. I know, and you must have set that up at like six. I, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I did out. some of it the night before. I was even late to the thing. <laughs> in my defense, oh. I had a really horrible headache, but still, you did, you did. I was late. But yeah, so that's all. That was a lot of fun. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about. Season three, episode five. Oh boy. The title is called The Hickey. This first aired November 4th, 1986. And the TV Guide uh, summary says Samantha sneaks out to see a boy after Tony grounded her for coming home with a hickey. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I this one I remembered. Yeah, when you Vaguely, saw Vaguely, but I remember yeah. it. Oh, I probably watched this one. I don't know if I would have had it like recorded on VHS or if I just remember seeing the syndication, but yeah, I remember watching this one a lot as a kid. Um, it was written by Jan Worthing Worthington. Yeah, this, Worthington. This is the only episode of Who's the Boss she will write. Hmm. Yeah. It's I always... guess they didn't like her. No, I'm no, just kidding. I, think... <laughs> I know, I know. Just writers come and go. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the ones that like was either um, a submission that they took through an agent or um, was like contracted out. Yeah, because that happens, right? What is that called when you write a? Um, I'm drawing a blank. A spec script. Spec script. I mean, that's. Um, I think that's a little different. Because that's like a writing sample to get you onto a show. But I believe that there are some shows or were some shows that would take submitted scripts through agents of hmm. writers. Um, I believe I remember Greg Daniels talking about how he wrote a few episodes of The Simpsons like that. So um, Greg Daniels is the guy who does The Office. Office right. I know who um, he is. No, but I'm yeah, just I mean, like, I know if you have, that's a thing with these shows back then. And another thing that we talked about with Judith is that. The shorter seasons and more condensed shows um, seem to work really better nowadays because mm -hmm. they had 24 episodes to fill a year, sometimes 26. So you would imagine that they needed to contract some of this stuff out. Like it's too much for just like the core. That's writing, true. That's so. a lot of episodes. Yeah, it really was. Um, so I like seasons now that are like 10 episodes. Okay, so let's get into it. Here. So right it now. Starts. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela comes home. She walks in. She slams the door. She has on a fantastic like leather maroon skirt, and then a maroon blouse, and then like a maroon, almost like a blanket. I don't. <laughs> a <bl> like <laughs> a, a cape blanket. A slanket or what? What are those things called? <laughs> yeah. Snuggie. Yeah. Well, the snuggie goes the other way. Oh, that's but, true. That's yeah. true. Um, I love the color of this outfit, though, and I actually really love the leather skirt. But she comes in, she's huffing and puffing, she's all by herself, Tony comes out and says, hey ladies, how was your day? But it's only Angela. Mona comes in behind her, so he gets the idea that something's going on. And he's like, mm. oh, tough day at work? And did, did Mona get your lunch order wrong? And she's like, yes, and in fact she did. But that's not why I'm upset. <laughs> but the reason why Angela is upset... It seems like it's a recurring thing that the lunch order is wrong. Right. Oh, of course. I mean, do you think Mona, Mona. even writes it down? No. No. She's no, she just half care. pays attention. Then she orders something that she would probably want the leftovers of if Angela doesn't eat it. Um, so the reason why Angela is so upset is because Mona wouldn't let her sit next to the window on the train, oh, even though it was her turn. <laughs> like children. And that really has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but it's just funny because they're just arguing. So as that's happening, a gaggle of teenagers come running into the house. So it's Samantha, Marcy, yeah. Bonnie, and I'm blanking on the other girl's name. Marcy. Bo um, Bonnie, wait. Bonnie, Marcy. Oh my gosh, everybody's yelling at us right now. I know. It'll come to me later. Um, oh, hang on, I can look right here. Julia. Julia. Yes, yeah, yes. that's it. Um, so they're all excited, and they're asking Sam what she's going to wear, because Sam, and I. It, see, uh, it appears that the other girls were also invited. 
even though they're mostly talking about Sam here. Right. They have been invited to Todd Phillips' party. Oh, boy. Which is going to be happening in his basement. (laughs) (laughs) It's already terrible. Uh, So everyone's all excited about Todd Phillips, but Angela at first is like, well, what about Chad McCann? And they're saying how Todd is the coolest guy in school, but Chad is the cutest guy in school. Hmm. And there's a difference. Angela's like, what's the difference? And I love how Mona pretends that she knows what the difference would be. So they go on this whole like breakdown that like cute guys can be cool, but not always. And cool guys are cute, but maybe not, not popular. Cool. And yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, but here's OK. So here's what I don't understand. All, up until this point, we have only heard about. Chad McCann. Right. There's never been any, and they've kind of given us the impression that they could be dating, but I guess not. Like maybe they're just friends. But my theory may be because Chad's going to come back later this season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then something big's going to happen with him that Samantha gets upset with. And so. Ooh, can't wait. <laughs> I don't remember. But knowing that, it makes this interlude seem odd that she's just going out with this other guy. But I wonder if this storyline was always supposed to be Chad and they couldn't get the actor. So oh, yeah, they maybe, like maybe made it a happened. different character yeah. and like wrote in this Todd Phillips guy instead. Oh, but, interesting. Yeah. So we can touch on that again when we get to chad mccann's next and last appearance on who's the boss oh it's only one more yes he'll only be in one more episode can you guys hear the helicopter helicopter time okay so that might go on for a while actually (laughs) then the girls are also saying you know then there's also wannabes and tony and angela kind of look at each other and they're like um he says he says to angela you ask him what it is because they're going to laugh at me. And Angela says, well, they're going to laugh at me, too. <laughs> and he says, that's okay. You're used to it. <laughs> so Angela goes in, and she's like, what's a wannabe? Yeah. And they all start laughing of at course. her. Of course. And it's it's somebody who wants to be a jock or wants to be popular or wants to be cool. And they all want to be Todd Phillips. In my day, that was called a poser. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that term. Poser. Yeah. You're a poser. So then Bonnie says, well, there's even the lowest, which is the audiovisual squad. Oh, man. Right. That's going to come back later. Oh, yeah, I guess. So there are two people in this room, and guess which one was on the audiovisual squad? Mm, they're gonna not, they'll be able to figure that one out. <laughs> I that's, was. That's okay. I was and in I band. was cool, though. You were cool. I was cool in the audiovisual squad. I mean, I didn't know you squad. back then. It wasn't but... the audiovisual squad, but I was in the TV production. Right. But I was... You know, the guy with the camera making videos. Right. You, you Believe it your, or not. Yeah. You and your friend had like a PBS show and stuff. Yeah, we had, so it we wasn't had a public quite, access show for yeah. a while and everything. So. Oh, public access. <laughs> yeah, come on, my PBS. That's, that was, we were striving That would have been big that. time, no, we right? Had, we had a public access <laughs> you show. You were not Mr. Rogers. You are correct. It was a public access show. There wasn't YouTube at the time, so it was public access. Yeah, that was your... That was our YouTube. That was your YouTube. Yeah. So now Tony's like, you know, it's not nice to put labels on people. He said, I never did that when I was in high school. And I was the coolest Mm. and the most popular and the jock. And if you look behind him, Angela's like making a face at him. Like, of course you are. But also kind of proud because he's kind of hers. Um, 
So he says, okay, so tell me, where is this party? And she says it's in Todd's basement. Oh, red flag. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, well, is Todd's mom also going to be in the basement? Or is Todd's cool parents going to be there? I right. That's what he says. And she's like, I'm 14. And he's like, yeah, okay. But if, you know, if she's not going to be there, then you're not going to be there. So the girls are all like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His parents will totally be there. Now, at the end of the scene, Angela hands him a phone. But then they just cut to, like, the next morning. So I don't know if that was the end of the scene or if it's just something else that's been cut out, like, since it's first aired. The message is there. Like, here's the phone call. Find out if the parent's going to be there. Because apparently he has this brand new Todd Phillips friend phone number. Right. Well, if she was there, she was not paying much attention to what was happening. Yeah. But... Honestly, I mean, that's how most parties go when you're 14, right? Basement parties. Yeah. No, well, we lived in Florida. Who had a basement? Oh, but, nobody. Nobody. Yeah. But still, like, parents weren't really totally paying attention to what was going on. No, never. Okay. So, it's now the next morning. Jonathan and Angela are um, in the kitchen with Tony. He's making pancakes, and he drops them on a Jonathan's plate and Angela's plate. Oh, look, Angela's actually eating. Oh, she usually has coffee. And- yeah, but it's it's the weekend. It must be Saturday or Sunday. No, it must be, yeah, either one of those. Sure. So, <laughs> um, so Tony notices that Jonathan's eating very quickly, and he says, I got to get over to Joey's house, I think the name is, because we're going to practice. We're trying to get mm. on the audiovisual squad. Oh, the look of concern on <laughs> Angela's know. face is like, oh, my kid's a geek. Oh, my kid's a dork. Yeah. yeah. But Jeez. Tony's like, oh, you know, I think it's different in elementary school. It's fine. So Samantha comes in. She's wearing a sweater and then has like a bandana wrapped around her neck. So you can't see her neck. And Tony, Angela says, like, how was the party last night? And she's like, why? What did you hear? And mm. she's like, I was just wondering. And she's like, it was fine. It was just a party. And Tony's like, yeah, that's the only thing she would tell me is, well. Now the gaggle of girls come back in. And they all run up to Sam. And they're all like laughing and giggling and stuff. So Tony asked them how the party was, <laughs> and Julia says they had the best onion dip. Yeah. Of course, Julia. Um, so Tony's trying to get more out of them, and they're like, no, no, you know, nothing. It was just a party. It was fine. Whatever. So they go up, and they run into Sam's room. Right. And they take the plate of pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's like, what about breakfast? And Julia's like, thanks. And she grabs the pancakes and runs. I wish Julia... So Julia ends up disappearing from this show. I liked her. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder why. There was too many. Yeah, I mean, I think they maybe just got other jobs. Oh, um, that's true, too. That is why I believe Nicole Egger left as Marcy, because she ended up on Charles in Charge. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we saw the show she was on. Right. Um, yeah, Angela Lee Sloan. I'm not really sure. I'll look it up. We could look later. that up. Yeah. yeah, I think we have looked her up before. Oh, right. I remember looking her up before. And noting that she does the video game voice for, let me find this video game here, Wasteland 3. Oh, that's right. And the character she plays is Avi Hoon. Right. And so I was like, oh, my daughter's name is Avi, but no one ever pronounces it Avi, it's always Avi. But I looked up the video game and I heard her voice in it and she says, my name is Avi Hoon. So yeah, that is really how they pronounce it. But let's see, back in 1985... 
Mm. Yeah, no, maybe she just went to college or something. Didn't want to... Oh, wait. No, that was the 90s. She was on Valerie in the 90s. But yeah, maybe she maybe just... Maybe they wrote her off. They yeah. killed off Too her many. character. <laughs> no, she didn't die. She just leaves. Oh. Okay, so after the girls leave, Tony's like, something is definitely up. And Angela, like, what? I mean, she said it was fine. Like, Angela, really, Angela? You didn't notice any kind of <laughs> anything to be concerned about and what Sam was saying that whole time. <laughs> and she's like, no, she said nothing happened. And Tony's like, no, there's nothing, nothing happened. And right. then there's says, something, nothing happened. There's nothing happened, nothing happened. <laughs> and then it's something happening, nothing happened. Right. <laughs> and then it's, and I'm telling you that nothing's a something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Tony would know because Tony would have been the something nothing when he was a teenager. And that's that's what's worrying him the most. So now upstairs in the room, at first, it kind of seems really like what happened last night? Because the girls are like, oh, it's so exciting. Your first time. And I don't know if I would have when I was like a kid been like, what? But then they say, let's see it. And she shows her neck and there's a giant hickey on the side of her neck. Wow. Yeah. And the girls are very impressed. Uh, Marcy says that's almost as big as mine was. <laughs> but Bonnie says Sam's has better color. <laughs> so I'm a few years younger than Samantha, but I don't remember hickeys being a big thing. Mm, I kind of do, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> well, I mean, what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> Sucking on your neck. Yeah, I'm like Dracula? Right. Like, I think that the main goal at this age was just to kiss somebody. Yeah, exactly. And if tongues were involved, then that was even better. Right. But, like, yeah, like, actually. Well, I'm going to suck on your neck for four minutes right. to sit here. <laughs> didn't make any sense. But I guess the idea is just that you, like, have something to show off. That you made out, right. Yeah, and so then at school, everybody knows that you got that hickey from someone. Okay, so then they're looking at in the mirror, and they're like, it's so beautiful, and how do you feel? Like, do you feel different? <laughs> and Samantha says that she does feel different somehow. Hmm. So now they're worried, you know, like, well, how are you going to keep this from Tony? But she says, so one of the girls says, you can't wear a scarf forever. But it's like, it's going to go away. It's not uh-huh. a tattoo. Right. Like, wear a turtleneck. And then, but Samantha says she's going to get a neck brace. So that's going to be way more Doesn't suspicious. And everybody's going to be like, what happened to your neck? <laughs> so she's still looking at the hickey and Tony walks in. So she's oh, not boy. wearing the bandana anymore. So she quickly tilts her head to the side so that he can't see. He's brought in some clothes, but he has Jonathan's clothes. So really, he's just there to like bust in. He didn't knock. He right. wants to know what's going on. Should know better. So he says, you know, like, oh, what's wrong with your neck? And she's like, oh, nothing. He's like, well, then why are you going like this? And he also tilts his head to the side. And the girls say, oh, it's a new dance. So they all start tilting their head to the side and bouncing up and down. And then Julia, who usually seems to be the one that gets everyone in trouble. Right. <laughs> says, the, the and not you, a smart one. Right. <laughs> says, you can do it the other way, too. And she tilts her head in the other direction. And they're like, no, you can't, Julia. And Tony says, oh, yes, you can. Here. And he tilts Sam's neck into the other direction. And then he sees the hickey. Yep. There it is. Yeah. In all its glory. So also back to Sam's room for a minute here. There's like a horn on the vanity (laughs) behind her. 
And I feel like some of this has to have been leftover stuff from Angela's sewing room. Like the Raggedy Ann on the wall and the horn. Like, <laughs> I just don't imagine that that was like 14-year-old girl, like, decorations at that point. I know. Point. The horn, too. What is happening? Yeah, that's, it's very bizarre. But then, like, some of the stuff peppered in is hers, you know? So I wonder if they just kind of made it look like that to make it seem like it wasn't really her her room mm. and, like, a room that she was using. But it's interesting. Yeah. So The police poster's gone, I noticed. I don't know why. Aww. Maybe they couldn't have clearance for it anymore or something. And also, if you look in the background behind her, you can see that both of the bedroom windows are a tiny bit cracked already. So I don't know if they were like prepping them for her to need to be able to push one open later in the episode. Um, Yeah, so Tony's like, okay. All the girls are like, well, we got to go. We got homework to do. They want out. Yeah, they they don't want to be here for any of this. (laughs) (laughs) And so Tony wants to know how on earth could you let, how did this happen? And Sam says, well, Todd was kind of kissing my neck. And he's like, I know how, how this happened. Yeah. I want to know how that you could let this happen. Um, and Sam's like, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. He tells her that she's grounded. And she says, but I have a date tonight. And he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Um, you're grounded. And you can stay in here and think about what you've done. Mm-hmm. So she's upset. He leaves. She immediately goes back and looks at the hickey in the mirror. (laughs) Like, I think, you know, the weird thing for, again, this goes back to Tony, like, being scared of her being 14 and, like, what he was like at 14, knowing that there are boys that are much like him out there. Yep. So downstairs in the kitchen, um, Angela and Mona are, like, trying to talk to him. And Angela's like, you know, I know this is hard. It's very difficult time when your child becomes sexually active. God, that that's not helping. I know. The one, that's not helping. And two, Mona has the best line of the entire episode right after, which is, I know I'm not looking forward to it. I know. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Angela's already had a child. I know. What is she talking but, about? And, and Mona tries at all at all points to get um, Angela to be sexually active. Yeah. But I like, know. And the funny thing is that line, they dropped that line. They had us stand there and for a while yeah, because they they would la- the audience was laughing so yeah. much. And it was funny. Judith's facial expressions are great as she's looking over at Mona while they wait for the audience to I like know. settle down. That's great. Like they played it off well. <laughs> Um, so Angela's like, I'm sorry, I don't mean sexually active, but I mean sexually aware. Like she's growing up, she's starting to get more curious about boys, and you're going to have to deal with this. Yeah. And Mona's trying, is he dancing around? I don't know what he's doing. Mona's also trying to help out by saying, you know, she's a responsible girl and you don't really need to worry about her. And I'm sure she's not doing anything that you weren't doing at her age. Meanwhile, hasn't Tony already told Mona about how he like had sex with three triplets in (laughs) Copenhagen? I mean, I know he was an adult, but I feel like he and Mona talk and he he's probably shared some stuff with her from when he was that age. Oh, I'm sure. So as soon as Mona says that, Tony's like, oh, no. Because he says something in Italian. He does, yeah. Madonna me or whatever he says all the time. And um, 
So, because he's thinking like, I mean, Tony had probably done some pretty serious stuff by the time he was 14. So Tony's like, let's stop talking about this. I want to talk about something else. And everybody's like, okay, all right, well, fine, fine. <laughs> so they quietly walk around the kitchen doing stuff. And Angela says, Mother, will you hand me a sponge? The counter's all sticky. And he and says, he, hickey. <laughs> Did you say hickey? Did you say hickey? But the thing is, like, she walks over to the counter. She doesn't even touch it. She just looks at it. Right. Oh, it's sticky. And, <laughs> and, of course, why does Mona have the towel? I, I mean, the I know they're just setting up Why the does she have the sponge? But, oh, yeah, the sponge. <laughs> yeah. Do you say hickey? So Tony says, do you know what they call girls with those things on their neck? And Angela says, popular? Because mm-hmm. she probably would have loved to have gotten a hickey I know. <laughs> when she was 14. Nope. So, Not her. Not Angela, probably. No. Although she kissed Tony, what, at 13? Yeah. She yeah, kissed that's Tony true. at 13 and yeah. Tony was 11. That's true. Forget about that. Yeah. Anthony. Mona says, you know, you're overreacting. What is a hickey? It's just broken blood vessels sucked to the surface Ugh. of the skin. <laughs> and Tony's like, yuck. <laughs> and then Angela says, you know, you really need to go talk to her because this is a very confusing time for her. And Tony's like, for her, I, it's confusing time for me. Like, forget about her. And Angela's encouraging him to go talk to her and to let her out of her room. She Mm. says, you can't keep her in her room for the rest of her life. And he's like, well, I I promise I'll feed her. (laughs) So Tony decides he's going to go upstairs and he's going to talk to her. In the meantime, Jonathan gets there first. He comes into Sam's room and she's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Do you have food? Right. (laughs) And he says, no. And she's like, okay, then get out. But he wants to show her that he also has a hickey. So he shows her his arm where he has sucked his own skin until he has a giant hickey on his arm. That's so ridiculous. And Sam's like, oh, that's gross. And he starts doing it again. And she's like, stop it. Stop it. She can't unlatch his arm from his mouth. It's like a dog with a bone. She's trying to get his arm out of his mouth. And he says, well, I'm just practicing So for when I'm a teenager. And Sam's like, well, you're supposed to do it to someone else. A girl. Not necessarily. But right. Jonathan says, ew, gross, and, and runs, runs out of the room. That's funny. Now, Tony walks in. He With is holding kind of food. Yeah. He's holding food and a glass of milk. And he asks her if she's hungry, and she says no. But we know she is hungry because she right. was just looking for food. I know. So he sets the sandwich down on like a little side bookshelf by the window yeah so he sits down and he wants to talk to her he's like do you want to talk no do you want to listen no and he says well what do you want to do and she says i want to go out with todd and he says no so she says is that all you can say (laughs) and he's like i know that you're mad about uh, mad at me but we really need to talk about this calmly and rationally so he's taken Angela's advice, and he's up here trying to do that. But he can't even look at her neck. He's like, I can't look at that thing on your neck. I know. And she says, it's only a hickey. And again, I just feel like, I mean, as a dad, okay, so I obviously, we didn't have kids when we saw this as a kid. But like now, as you see this in adult, like it is just kind of weird because you know that he knows exactly what was on that boy's mind right the whole time he was with her right and so i think that's what like freaks him out the most and like makes him 
it is just a hickey, but he says like it could lead to other things. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think? Okay, so do you think Tony is the one that sat down and had like the sex talk with Sam? I mean, I. Who else? I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't guess. Know. I mean, just. I, mean, I guess it could have been Angela. Just knowing how our house works, like if I wasn't here, who who would talk to the girls? I don't know. Because you're not going to be the one to do it. Yeah. So the, maybe he the like. The internet. <laughs> that's terrible. I know. There was and there wasn't even the internet then. So all yeah. Sam's going to learn is from her friends. But yeah, like I wonder if he really would be the type of dad to feel comfortable enough to sit down with her, or if he like paid Angela fifty dollars to do it. <laughs> Clean the house for free for the day. <laughs> or, well, they could have sent Mona in there, but then he probably would have been terrified as to oh, what be awful. she would actually teach her. <laughs> so, yeah. So he says it could lead to other things. And Sam says it won't because I won't let it. And he, Tony's like, well, you say that now, but you don't, you know, guys are very persuasive. They're going to say whatever they can. And she's like, no, Todd wouldn't do that because he would. He really cares about me. And Tony's like, that's the first thing they're going to say. <laughs> yep. He knows. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because these are all the lines that he used on women when he was a teenage boy. And he says, you know, they're going to say men are different. It's biological. They can die if they stop. I don't ever remember hearing that as a kid. That's, yeah, that's that a weird one. It might have been older, <laughs> like an older time one than our age. If I stop, I will die. Stop what? <laughs> and Why Tony, will you die? I don't, I don't know. We'd have to go back in time and ask some teenage boy why he thinks he's going to die. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and Tony said, oh, so, but Sam's like, they can? And Tony's like, no, no man has ever died from stopping except <laughs> for Vinny Argiro mm-hmm. because yeah. when his girlfriend said no, she was running him over in a Plymouth. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Vinny. Godspeed. <laughs> Maybe he deserved it, though. We don't uh, we don't know Vinny. That's true. Who knows what Vinny was doing? <laughs> but, he, but they were making out and he couldn't stop and suddenly he was under a Plymouth. Right. That's true. And now yeah. he's dead. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just that harsh. Um, So Tony says, you know, I just don't want you to find yourself in any situation where you're going to feel uncomfortable. And he also says, you know, no matter what, you can always come and talk to me. So Mm, that's nice. Yeah, that is really nice. He's not going to handle it well, but you can always come talk to him. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I am surprised that he isn't just like, you know, you you don't do anything until you're married because that's kind of where Tony's mind goes most of the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, And even in the future, we're going to see that with him. Like, he really thinks that you're supposed to... Well, I don't know. Unless it's it's him and the 14 people he sleeps with in between season one and season seven. (laughs) (laughs) True. Who aren't Angela. um, He really thinks that you should be married before you have sex. So... Probably thinks girls should be women. Right, exactly. The good girls. There's different types of women. That's right. Now, he tells Sam, okay, so you're not grounded starting tomorrow. And she's like, well, what about starting tonight? He's like, no, tonight I really want you to stay in your room and just think some stuff over and we'll start fresh tomorrow. So she's like, okay, you know. And he asks her, would you like to come downstairs? And she says, no, I think I'm just going to stay up here and sort some stuff out. Now... 
if you notice at the beginning of this scene, Samantha's nightgown is quite larger than anyone we've seen her in before. I know. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the one that she got from Angelo, which is usually the one we see her in. Right. And it's because she's wearing a full outfit underneath it. So as soon as he leaves, she rips open the nightgown, puts on her shoes, and heads for the window. On her way out the window, she grabs her jacket and the hoagie. Of course. That looked like it was a good-looking sandwich. <laughs> no kidding. I would have grabbed the hoagie as well. She probably has a little walk over to Todd's house. She can eat that real fast. And then he's going to smell roast beef on her <laughs> breath. <laughs> or whatever when they kiss. So now she's at Todd's house in the basement again. And it's just the two of them. Mm. Okay, so I want to talk about this actor here. His name is Catisse Buckingham. And I looked him up on IMDb. He hasn't acted since Who's the Boss? But I happen to notice that he has quite a few um, music credits on here. Music department for Minions, All is Lost, Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Uh, Oh my gosh, he does a Ron Burgundy flute solo for whatever this Wake Up Ron Burgundy is. Oh, really? Yeah, some kind of video. So then I typed his name into Google, and he is a professional. Are they? Is it a flautist? He plays the flute and the saxophone. Huh. Yeah. Here's some of his music. And that's yeah. This is him playing yeah. the saxophone right now. So yeah, that was very interesting. So he's gone on to be a professional musician. Um, we found a lot of great stuff of his. It's like very. I don't know. What do you call this? Style. Mm, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to define. Yeah, I mean, like, like almost improv improv jazz. Right. Yeah. But some of this stuff sounds like it like borderlines almost like jam band type of uh, music. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, like Fish or yeah, or some of those other type of. I don't know. It's an interesting fusion of music yeah. to say the least. But this is definitely like improv jazz sounding. This particular song. But he has a lot of music up um, streaming and then lots of videos of him performing. Uh, we'll play another one towards the end. I want to play his flute um, solo one out as nice. when we play out the show. Sure. But yeah, so that was really interesting. So he has not acted anymore, but he is a professional musician. Now, they do a good job here of showing like the awkward 14-year-old date where nobody really knows what to do. <laughs> yeah, this is very you're, awkward. You're not, Right, like you're probably not friends enough for this to feel natural, and they're kind of walking around. So that first they decide that they're going to play some pool. Uh, he has a pool table in this very cool basement. Yeah, of course. So he sets up uh, the balls, and then Samantha hits first, and they go scattering in like three drop. Yeah, the little pocket. little does he know she's <laughs> Tony Maselli's daughter. Exactly. It's probably been professionally trained in how to play pool (laughs) yeah so he sees that and he's like um how about we just listen to music music. (laughs) so they walk over to a tape player and he puts in a cassette tape and starts playing some music yeah some very bizarre sounding 80s music yeah i feel like it probably it could have yeah like when the show first the first run was probably music that the license has run out of and so now it's like just some sort of stock music playing Mm, interesting yeah i mean that's just my i mean that's just my theory because the song is completely unrecognizable so they sit down on the couch like to do that they'd have to have like the master 
tapes or something or yeah, that's, footage. I, I don't guess, know. I mean, they did it hard. with Northern Exposure and K. K I know, but maybe KRP they kept the master, the master edit. I mean, this is... A sh- I know when they did it in WKRP, they would just blast the music over top and then oh, you'd see them really? talking with dialogue and there'd just be music blasting <laughs> and like yeah to like cover up in certain music so i don't know that's oh, okay interesting. so yeah maybe I'm, it was I'm just, just saying, whatever know, the music really, was they had no and license then, so he they played trash right music. and then they didn't have to yeah they didn't have to pay for it just destroying the person who probably does original music for the show <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry about that so they sit down, and he goes in for a kiss, and his mom's yelling, like, would you, would you like a drink? <laughs> no, Mom, we're okay. And then they go in for another kiss. So how about you, Samantha? And she's like, no, I- I'm okay. <laughs> so now the woman who's playing Mrs. Phillips, the voice of, is Dale Rowell, and we just saw her in the episode oh, Daddy's right. Little Montague Girl. That's right. She was Miss Olive. So, yeah, that's interesting that they either recorded her voice while she was there or called her back for this. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah, just to record it, you know, maybe while she was there, like you said. Yeah. And then, because you don't see her, so it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they're done with the mom. They turn off the lights, and Todd's like, you know, I really care about you. (laughs) And (laughs) Sam's like, I care about you, too. And then she's like, no, stop it. So you can't see what's going on, but you know that he's done something that she's not comfortable with. He so, does, but he, before that, he does the ultimate smoothness where he puts his arm around her and reaches for the light and turns it out all at the same right. time. <laughs> the left arm goes around her and the right arm goes for the light. Yeah, he probably practiced that. He's been uh, sitting in this basement for the past like four hours coordinating, it. yeah, the mm-hmm. one arm and then the other arm <laughs> grabbing the light. Probably. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, okay, well, I won't, I won't do it again, I promise. And he gives her like cute little puppy dog eyes. Right. So she's like, okay. And she sits back down, light goes back off again, can't see what's happening. And then she's like, okay, you really need to cut it out. And she tells him to stop. So... I remember seeing this as like an 11 or 12 year old and I think it was probably really good to see this because it was good to see Samantha sticking up for herself and like telling him no and setting boundaries with him and pushing him away. Yeah. I do remember this being something that stuck in my head. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, you know, how much it, I don't know how much it actually influenced me but i just remember being like oh yeah she's telling him to to cut it out and she's pushing him away so he's like but why you know you're already wearing my hickey Mm. and she says because what you're doing now is making me feel uncomfortable nice so tony rubbing off (laughs) yeah you know so influence there there are so many things here that we can talk about as far as like consent and that not always that people don't always feel empowered but i just think that this was a good representation at the time to show her like telling him no and to pushing him away yeah it's good um so he starts in immediately with you know it's different for guys it's It's biological biological. (laughs) (laughs) and as he's saying all this stuff she's like you're everything i can't believe you're saying this like and he tells her again, like, a guy could die if he stops. Which <laughs> yeah, again, she's heard that. Yeah. <laughs> and she says a guy could get run over by a Plymouth if he doesn't. 
Yeah. So he reaches for her again. Which makes and, no sense to him. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was not at all there for the but Plymouth conversation. But kind of also sends the message, you know, like he could get run over by a Plymouth right. if he makes another move. Yeah, yeah. Like she's she's done. So he's like, okay, well, all right. Well, please don't leave. You know, we can still hang out and I'll play. we'll play pool and I'll let you win. And she's like, I'll destroy you. But she's had enough, and she realizes that what Tony was saying was right, and so she does leave. She leaves, yeah. And then as soon as she's gone, like Todd's like, you're an animal. So he's still pretty proud of himself. Like, I don't think I like this character. Unless somebody really intervenes here, this kid's going to be a jerk, or even worse. I think he was telling himself he's an animal. Like, what, what was he doing? Oh, you think? Because he looks frustrated when he says it. Like, he shakes his head like... Oh, see, I... don't I, think he seems very proud of himself. If you look... Oh, you know, see, I got the impression that he was proud of I himself. Got the, that, yeah, like, I got the impression he was like, what was I thinking? Hmm. If you really, like, watch him. Okay, well, he will be back in another episode. So I do think it's interesting that after this... Yeah, she uh, goes back. She does. Yeah, I mean, it seems like whatever boundaries were set are have stayed but then they butt heads about something else but yeah it is interesting that which is another reason why i think this could have been written for chad mccann or Mm. at least one of the episodes was written for him and i kind of support that theory a little bit about chad mccann because this seems like her and todd phillips rushed into something that her and Todd McCann we're building Your on. Chad, right, yeah. I'm that's sorry. what I'm Chad, saying. Like we've oh only heard <laughs> Chad McCann. Yeah, that's why like we've only so it's heard like all about of a sudden, Chad this McCann. This guy's of... given hickeys and <laughs> right, yeah. like and where's he been? And right. And we never even saw her kiss Chad. Chad McCann's been I mean, he got his hand stuck under the <laughs> sink. He, he was working he was working the room for a while. I don't know. Wait, wait what does that mean? That Chad Chad's to be the one he deserves the hickey. No, I'm no. saying, <laughs> I'm saying that, yeah, I mean, like he should have, he was working up to that point. Right. I'm supporting they, your theory that this was supposed to be Chad McCann and something happened, right. and they just wrote in this Todd Phillips character. Right. Right. Yeah. I. It, it is very odd to me that they just kind of put this in, and it's going to seem even more odd when we get to the next Chad McCann episode. Oh, okay. So I can't wait. <laughs> Is that soon? Like, um, I think it's like. Is that this season? It is this Chad season. McC- yes, okay. this season we will see the last of Chad McCann. But I would think it's like I don't know. It's at least the middle of the season, if not later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, Todd will be back for one other episode. Okay, so now back at the house. <laughs> no, this is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> Tony, Angela, and Mona are playing Go Fish. <laughs> like three adults playing go fish. I mean, yeah, it was obviously Angela's idea. Right. I mean, they expl- at the end you could obviously tell it's Angela's yeah. idea, and they played just because she wanted to play. <laughs> so they weren't taking it serious to begin with. Why is Angela such a child sometimes? I don't know. Go fish. Um. So Angela it, asked for <laughs> asked Mona for twos, and then she's she, like, "Nope, no, I don't have any." She's like, "Got any twos? Nope." And then Tony's like, "Got any twos, Mona?" And she's like, and it's like, Angela's so frustrated because right. she says, yep, here you go, Tony. Yeah. And then she's like, but before that, she says, I just asked if she had twos. So right. you can yeah, tell she's that like, they're, you're both, not paying attention. they're both doing all they can to not 
play go fish. Right, not be engaged in this game. I know. Yeah. And Mona's like, I didn't like the way you asked. It's already ridiculous. So Angela's like, well, you're not being very sporting, so I'm going to stop. Yeah. And they're like, great. And everybody throws the cards cards down. down. Because Tony's too preoccupied, still thinking about Samantha. And Mona probably just wants to go out and look for men or something. Right. And I like that Angela's like, you're not being very sporting. I'm going to quit. Like, they're going to be like, no, right. it's okay. And they're just <laughs> throw the guards down. It's funny. Uh, so Tony's like, you know, it's real. She's been up there all night. She's so quiet. You think she's okay. Angela's like, she probably fell asleep. Um, but Tony's like, okay, well, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to tuck her in. So he's like getting ready to head up the stairs. <laughs> Silly. And then she comes through the front door. So he's like, wait a minute. What are you doing here if you're supposed to be at the He's like, this day's Luke girl. I was going to go upstairs. And he realizes, right. oh, yeah. wait a minute. And it does take him a little bit I know. to like f- figure out that she just walked through the front door. Yeah. It kind of doesn't make sense to him. And Mona and Angela just look a little shocked and like, uh-oh, she's in big trouble now. <laughs> so Sam says, you know, I, I snuck out and I went to go see Todd, even after you told me not to. And so he gets really upset with her. He's like, you know, we had this great talk and I thought we really understood one another. And then you went and did this. Yeah. And she's trying to say, you know, yes, I, even though I snuck out, you were right. And I, I did understand what you were saying. Um, but he's getting angry and he's like, you know, you think you're 14 and you know it all and I'm over the hill and I don't know anything. And Angela's like, hang on, Tony, can I talk to you for a minute? And she, (laughs) she says, you know, I hate to be a Budinsky. And Mona's like, no, you don't, you love it. But Angela goes up behind Sam and like kind of takes her in her arms and says, it sounds like that she's trying to tell you something. And you really should listen to her. So he's still angry and he's like, you snuck out, you snuck out of the house and, you you know, Todd is now off limits. And Sam says, you know, yes, I did. But what I'm trying to tell you is that everything you said was right. And he did everything that you said. And I told him, you know, no. And I stopped him. And thank you. So Tony looks... Still upset, but happy. (laughs) And Angela looks very proud of Sam. Yeah. So it's a cute little family moment. And again, Mona says, you know, well, and not only did she stand up to him (laughs) and she knows that you're right now, she could have just snuck back up to her room, but she instead came in through the front door. And Sam says, well, that's because I broke the trellis on the way out. Mm, And then Angela looks very upset. Very upset about her trellis. You think they would have heard her if she broke the trellis? Yeah, because I didn't realize that it was like right out the front door. Yeah, it's got to be a tall trellis. Yeah. Tony's thinking it over and he says, okay, well, you did the right thing by getting out of there and coming home. But you snuck out of the house and that's a big one. So she's asking, you know, like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know. I'm going to think about it. And then he's, he asks Angela, you know, what do you think I should do? And she's, and now Angela doesn't want to butt in anymore. I, I think you have to take this one on your own, Tony. Kindness, she's done. <laughs> Find the answer within yourself, is what she says. Okay, so Tony's like, thanks. You're your big help. So he decides, you know, 
he's going to ground her for two weeks because she broke out of the house and, you know, didn't listen to him. But because she showed that she was mature and she could handle the situation, that she came home, that after she's grounded, then he's going to trust her to make yeah, the right decision. That's right. So that I thought was very cute. Yeah. I think that was good. Um, and then Angela's like, that's just what I would have done. And he, I love this part because he's like, too bad. You missed your chance. Yeah. And then he kind of pushes her out of the way and takes Samantha. But then yeah, he kind of like nudges her again like he's just kidding around. So now in the tag of the episode, we see the trellis that Samantha broke, which is right in front of the house. So Tony, like, he jumps off a ladder right. and he's all proud of himself. Okay, trellis is fixed. Yeah, like, well, he doesn't <laughs> even say that. He just, I don't think I don't, said. yeah, what was he doing? I don't, I don't know. Um, he was fixing the trellis, I'm sure. I mean, his, his Samantha <laughs> broke it. It's his responsibility yeah. now. Yeah, I guess he can fix anything. It's Tony Maselli. And Angela says, you know what? It really is romantic that she snuck out to go see him. And Tony's like, yeah. She Angela likens it to Romeo and Juliet, which right. is the worst. I know. The worst. She example. links it to a murder suicide. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, no, wait. It's an accidental suicide suicide. Uh, oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right, because he, he does something to, so that... It's, oh, wait, I don't know, I'm sorry. No, she... She takes something so that it seems like she's she's dead. dead. And she's supposed to be sneaking out. And then he thinks she's dead, so he kills himself. And then she wakes up and he is is dead. And so then she kills herself. Something like that. It's a horrible story. Still horrible. Still horrible. And like why it's performed. (laughs) I mean, for what it is Shakespeare and for what it is, I, I understand. But like the actual message, I think... Is a little out there. not great for no, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he says, you know, if if her parents would have intervened, then they would be alive today. But actually, no, probably not. No, her parents intervened so much yeah. that that's exactly why they're not alive today. Right. Okay. Um, so it's just wrong on so many levels. <laughs> no. But in the meantime, Jonathan comes out and he's all sad. And they're like, what's up, buddy? And he's like, I didn't get into the audiovisual club. I got, what, I got, um, I lost beat out, out to Poindexter Carp. Poindexter Carp. That's a fantastic name. I know it is. Yeah. Poindexter Carp sounds like he should be in the audio video club. <laughs> and so they console him. They're like, oh, but then they give each other a thumbs up right. behind his back. He's proud he's not going to be a nerd. <laughs> and that is That's the, episode. the end of the episode. All right. Um, I went first with rating last time. You did? I think so. No, you went first. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'll go. You think I would remember because it was just like two nights ago. I know. Okay. I gave this episode a 7.5. Okay. Um, It is one that I've always liked. I loved the Samantha stuff when I was a kid. I see the episode a bit differently now as an adult, but I still think the Samantha stuff was pretty good in this episode. Like, you know, whatever. She snuck out, but. When it came down to it, she, um, you know, stuck up to Todd and was like, I'm not having any of your bullshit. And then came yeah, home. That's good. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. And I also kind of like the Tony and Angela parts of like them working together to sort of figure out her really guiding him, which right. I feel like they do that for each other. Once one right. starts to go off the rails, the other one reels them back in. Yeah, <laughs> like, and they help. Points them in the right direction, Mona included. Mona's, you know, everyone's equalizer. 
Um, and then Mona's fantastic line in this episode about not being excited for when her daughter finally becomes sexual. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. It was funny. <laughs> All right, your turn. Um, I, I'll give it the same, 7.5. Nice. I thought the same thing overall was a good good episode. I had um, I remember watching it last night and having a few just laugh out loud moments. Um, yeah. That, you know, sometimes they're silly moments, you know, that are not relevant to now that make me laugh. But right, right. for the most part, they were just like legitimate, especially that line again with Mona. Yeah. Um, that was and really the go funny. fish stuff was cute too. Yeah, yeah, the go fish part was really funny when they just immediately bail out of the game. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, I thought it was a good episode. Nice. Yeah. Who's the boss around here? Me or my mother? Or maybe it's you. I went with um, Samantha. So uh, did, I'm just gonna say so did I. Go okay, ahead. good. Um, then you go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, um, no, just because, like, you know, she it was she, teenager being a teenager, 14-year-old being a 14-year-old, and, you know, she got a hickey and blah, 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 and then came home, and Tony gave her all advice. She thought he was crazy, and then but then she realized it was good, and she made the right decisions, um, and she kind of, you know, Tony kind of learned something, I think, from her in a way, mm-hmm. like, that he can trust her maybe, right. or... Um, so yeah, I think overall, I think Samantha was the boss. Yeah, I agree for the same reasons. Like she snuck out of the house and she wasn't supposed to do that. But when she got into a a situation where she didn't feel comfortable, then she had the confidence to say like no and went home and left. And like part of me feels as though, you know, we have to understand that 14-year-old girls may want to explore as much as 14-year-old boys. So I don't necessarily want to give the impression of like, oh, she did the right thing by leaving, but she didn't feel comfortable in that situation. And so you mm. would want her to be in a situation where she does feel comfortable enough to explore if she wanted to. Also, I think that there are probably plenty of reasons why someone wouldn't get themselves out of that situation. And... Again, you know, it has nothing to do with the person who's in the situation and all about the person who is putting the victim in that situation. So, Mm. like, I don't know. There's just a lot of layers to this that we see now that we really probably didn't think of then. Then, yeah, It's like, oh, yeah, she did the right thing by saying no and leaving. But not not everyone always has those the tools to be able to do so so i think it was good for kids to see that on tv at the time but that may not be reality for people um but yeah so i thought she was the boss for kind of taking control yeah that's a great point that's an excellent point and uh, are you just saying that because you didn't understand half of what i said no 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 i mean i'm saying i've been struggling to get figure out a way to get it out no the 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 whole aspect that todd aspect of her right meaning like i named oh she was the boss because of this that but like just that whole how she took control of that situation too yeah which made her the boss and in the end tony pretty much gave her you know like i'm going to trust you to make the right decision and so i feel like that empowered her also Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of just saying like don't ever do this (laughs) right but okay anyway you can reach us at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram or mm-hmm. Who's the Boss Pod One on Twitter or the Who's the Boss Podcast page on Facebook. 
or you can go to anchor.fm slash WTB podcast and there you can leave us a voice message. Maybe you could voice that in a much better, more articulate way than I tried to. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yes, please leave us a voice message about anything. Okay, so I'm excited about the next episode. The next episode is Wedding Bells. Do you remember this one? No, not at all. So um, it's Barcy's dad ends up marrying one of Angela's friends. And then Tony and Angela are like part of the wedding. But there's like so much good, like awkward tension and stuff that comes up relationship-wise. So it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Unfortunately, it also introduces Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey. (laughs) The second Jeffrey. This is Jeffrey with a G is what they call him. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. So uh, we are going to play out with Catisse Buckingham. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and if you want more information on McDowell, please go to mcdowell.org. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends and give you a big pat on the back.